therefore he's teaching. You just are interested because you got your fill. And they go, no, 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 that's not it. What do we, what do we have to do to do the works of God? You, you tell us to do the works of God. Okay, we'll, we'll humor you, Jesus. And he says, why don't you believe in him whom he has sent? So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? Prove to us that we believe in you. If we want us to believe in him who he, God has sent, you got to make us uh, some miracles here. Our fathers ate the man in the wilderness. I got it. Let's have the, the miracle be eating more food. Our fathers ate the man in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. It's amazing where our hearts go or how we're revealed to be the kind of people we are when we measure the things of God in accordance with our basic lusts. Do we get what we basically want? Do we want beauty? Do we want food? What do we want? Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. My father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Now, this is getting, going to get weirder and weirder in chapter 6 of John. It's a passage that almost definitionally gets misunderstood. People take a passage about misunderstanding Jesus and misunderstand it. We're gifted. They actually start to treat his words as literal truths. We get to a certain point, you'll recognize the moment. But they're just yanking his chain and he's just yanking theirs because they're trying to get more food out of him he just made some food over there in the feeding of the 5,000. And so let's go follow this teacher, for there is loaves and fishes. And let's encourage him to think about, you know, manna in the wilderness, you know. Lord, give us this bread always. Sounds like in John 3, where the woman at the well, Samaritan woman, um, uh, the water I would give you, you would have no need. Well, Lord, give me this water that I would not have to come hither to draw. She was thinking about the reward to her immediately, physically, what her gains needed to be in life. Now, I'm gonna, I, want, I want you to know where the passage is going. Down at the bottom of the page, on the right-hand side, verse 65, and he said, this is in red, this is why I told you <coughs> that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. That's why I told you this. <coughs> we are the people who are wanting to pursue God, in theory. Some of you might be in a church like this. It's hard in a small church to be a, you know, a, a, just a religious poser. I'm sure they exist in this world, but <coughs> we want to find the Father. We want to come to Christ. <coughs> but in verse 66, after this, many of his disciples drew back and no longer went about with him. 
says, this is why I told you this. There is a judgment, a standard. He's throwing his teaching out in front of these Jews and saying, how you respond to this matters. When he chews them out in um, um, uh, Mark, do you not yet perceive and understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? He's saying, every, all of your faculties have been set aside because you're looking at that one loaf of bread on the boat and you can't get your head around it. One, you don't believe that I could do with that one loaf that I did on the shore with 4,000 people. And two, you think I'm talking about the bread. Our God does both things better. He supplies our wants better, and he understands his world better. We get caught up in our fears about our wants not being met. Evan at the conference can't wait for lunch in the jello or whatever it is that he really wants to have. We're making a judgment here. This passage, these, all these passages are judgments about the way we hear God. And basically what it comes down to, um, well, let me read this next section of John 6, verse 35. Jesus said to them, they, they're saying, oh no, we really want to know. Tell us all about it. Yes, you're the bread of life, blah, 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 blah. We'll take, take those messages in and we'll try to trick you into feeding us another meal. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Like the Samaritan woman, they're going to have a hard time with this. A person who hears not hunger and not thirst, what was that? Did I hear my name? But Christ is telling you very clearly, you're Christians, if I come to Christ, I will not hunger. Remember, down at the verse 65, no one can come to me unless it's granted him by the Father. What is the grant by the Father? But if we're busy in misunderstanding, if our wants are incorrect, we don't hear what we should hear. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Okay? That's more information. No one can come to me unless it's granted him by the Father. So what the Father grants him, all the Father gives to you will come to him. And him who comes to me I will not cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. He makes that synonymous with this bread that comes down from heaven, the bread that would bring life. He who comes to me will not hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Verse 33, but the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. We know that this is being synonymous with 
believing in Christ, right? That he who believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Well, that got a little bit too straightforward for the Jews. Verse 41, the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. That seemed a little bit too clear. Now, we hear or there's something said or something given to us by God that we have to be wanting that thing said to hear that thing said correctly. If we're not wanting what the Father has said, when he says it, we will mishear it. If we're not wanting who he is, what he re reveals, we will be replacing want for him with our own wants, and we will be hearing all of the incorrect meanings. We'll be hearing talking about bread. You never have to come to this well to draw water again because you have you know, water raising up in you. You never have to be thirsty again. He's promising them not be hungry, promising them they'll never thirst if they eat the bread and drink what he offers. And he's beginning to sound like he's more spiritual about this, that you believe in me, you have eternal life. This is the will of the Father. This is how the Father selects who gets given to Christ, uh, who is coming to him unless the Father uh, was granting it. The Jews murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. At the end of the passage, he said, this is why I told you that no one comes to me unless the Father grants it. This is, we're in the midst of that um, telling. What do we do with that? How are you going to misunderstand this passage? First off, you have to realize what he is telling you about the Father drawing him. No one can come to Christ unless the Father who sent me draws him. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught by God. Now look at this synonymous phrase here at end of verse 45. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. It tells you that what the drawing of the Father is, is hearing and learning from the Father. That would tell you, for you to be in the right boat about learning from Jesus Christ, your desire should be to hear and learn from the Father. Right? He, everyone has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. We want to come to Christ. Do you just want to be hearing him saying things that bounce nicely off of your preferences? Confirmation bias by, by Jesus Christ. So he, he's talking about bread or he's talking about money or he's talking about whatever you're into. And so you get to develop a, a view that's all Christy and, and, and Christian words. But it's not understanding what's going on. I have to want to know what God thinks of things. I want to hear from him and learn from him. That's the kind of person that is drawn by God. 
If the Father doesn't draw you, you won't come to Christ. What does draw you mean? Hearing and learning from him. So you say, okay, all right. So sitting here in my chair, my pew, my front porch, wherever I am, I'm looking at a world which my God has made. It's operating according to the things of God, and I want to hear him about this. I want to learn from him about this. Those people are going to be given to Christ. Those people come to Christ. Not that anyone has seen the Father except him who comes from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. This is what, when I fall to my knees before the, the Father, I am believing that which he has said, that which he has represented. Not what I have represented or how I have heard God's uh, uh, claims in the scriptures if I am hoping for a free lunch. <clears throat> I'm believing in the Father because of what I've heard from him, what I've learned from him, and I've come to Christ in belief. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that a man may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. Okay, this is all leading up to it. He's saying, equate, equate. And they keep hearing the word bread, just like the disciples in the boat. And he's going, why are you still talking about bread? I said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. But he said, we got just one loaf. So all we could do is think about bread. That's our life. We, we, when we, we have things, we, we can't imagine not having things, and, and we can't, and somebody says something that has that word in it, you fixate on that word. Well, Jesus is talking about something else. And he keeps on saying, I'm, got it? I'm the living bread. If you, if you eat this bread, you'll never hunger. If you believe in me, you will never thirst. I am this bread come down from heaven, not like the bread in the wilderness. Realize that you're talking to an audience that has just been fed miraculously with, what, 12 baskets? Seven, seven baskets full. In this case, no, it's the 12 baskets full because this is the 5,000. And you go, this is, this is great. We like this kind of religion. It's feeding all of the things we want rather than us becoming the kind of people who want the things God is. I have that phrase on the left-hand side that says, what is said needs to be wanted to be heard. What isn't said is heard instead of that because it is what is wanted. what you want to see, what you want to receive. And as Jesus marches down this road of an illustration, intending to have this illustration separate them, he says, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father, because you people are having none of this. Remember, after this, many of his disciples drew back and did not go about with him any longer. 
they did not hear or learn from the Father. They did not come to Christ. He wasn't paying out like they hoped he was paying out. And he kept on talking about bread. This is the Middle, Age, Middle Earth, what's it called? Middle East, Middle Earth, <laughs> Middle Ages. Obviously, my mind is elsewhere. The Middle East, everything is bread for dinner. You get this flat bread, and you, you scrape up some lamb and some vegetables, but it's going to be bread. And you're lucky to have it. Water and bread, wine and bread. And he, he says, I, I, I'm giving you this. This is the, 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 my, my body is this bread. My body is this bread. And I'm going to give my body to be that bread because it's belief in my death, belief in my work on the cross that's going to save you. They're missing all that. The Jews then disputed among themselves, verse 52, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Now, when Nicodemus came to the Christ in John 3, well, how can a man enter his mother's womb? And, and Jesus, you know, hand to the forehead. But he explains it to Nicodemus. You idiot. These people, Jesus is, okay, all right. They, they, are, they are just lying to themselves about their world. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, just fasten your seatbelts. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So he who eats me will live because of me. Yikes. Straight up cannibalism. Part of our religion. And the Roman Catholic Church goes right to that passage. Why? Because they tell you in the Mass that the, body, the Eucharist is transferred into the actual body and blood of Christ. So you actually do cannibalism. They don't like to use that word, honestly. But it is. Because that's what it teaches. Well, that's what it's teaching when Jesus wanted to wring the necks of these people. They've been trying to figure out how to get more bread out of this. And he's going, no, I am... And he said, well, how could we eat you? Let's refuse to understand. Let's refuse to believe. He said, okay, all right, all right. Unless you actually eat my body and drink my blood. He tells you, that he was the bread of life back in verse 35, and he who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. It's coming to Christ and it's believing in Christ. Those are the things that consume this body and this blood. The person who sees it otherwise, the person who can't get his mind off the 
physical act of eating a human being. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not such as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. He's, still, he's, he's just made it really, really hard for the people who can't get their mind off the sandwich. This he said in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Many of his disciples, when they heard it, said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Everyone knew he was talking cannibalism. And they got out, we don't like hearing about cannibalism. This is, this is tough. Well, maybe if you had heard and learned from the Father, you would have come to Christ. You would have known what it was to come to Christ. You would have believed in the Christ he had sent. You cared about the things of God the way God cares about them. Because if you don't care about the things of God the way God cares about them, you are going to replace it with the things you care about, which is your stomach, in this case, money in another, standing, power. You care about your feelings more than about what God, who God is and what he has said. Jesus, verse 61, knowing in himself that his disciples murmured at it, said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending where he was before, like you didn't actually eat me? Remember, when he died, he was buried, he was raised, and then days later, he ascended bodily, uneaten, into heaven. What if you, what if you actually saw me going back to where I came from? Not missing huge chunks of body because there were a few hundred disciples that had to all have a snack out of Jesus Christ. It is the spirit, verse 63, that gives life. The flesh is of no avail. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Grow up. If you were hearing and learning from the Father, you would have come to Christ and understood what he was about. If you're not about hearing and learning from the Father, you're about hearing and learning your own urges, which are your inertial force for learning what you learn. And you're going to translate your biblical growth into things that satisfy your health and wealth mentality or your, your desire for preservation, safety, your tribe being put forward, whatever tribe that is. Make you feel better. It's the spirit that gives life. But there are some of you who that do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who those were that did not believe and who it was that would betray him. Then he says, and he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. Even amongst the disciples, the 12. Remember Judas Iscariot? He did not come to Christ. He was not hearing. He's traveling Palestine, listening to Jesus lead Bible studies. Went out on missions with the rest of them. Just like everybody else, just like St. Peter. 
Probably had a little notebook scribbling notes. But he's also stealing money from the group treasury. He was a de- had a demon, the Lord said. He knew who would betray him. That was a person who at the end of having betrayed Jesus Christ and take, done it for money, 50, 30 pieces of silver, right? Even then, all he could say, when he realized what he's done, he throws the money back into the treasury and uh, he said, I have betrayed an innocent man. Is that all you have figured out at this point? You've traveled years with Jesus Christ and you've found out he's innocent? Good job, Judas. But he was moved. He was still moved up to the end where he sacrifices Jesus Christ for 30 pieces of silver. These guys, these Jews in John 6, are trying to juke Jesus out of more bread. And he's just going to walk that down to the devil. You know, I am the bread of life. Ah, come on. How about miracle bread? How about some of that? No, no, unless you eat my body, unless you drink my blood, you know, like twilight, like vampires. It's one thing to be a cannibal. It's another thing to be a vampire. The absolute disgusting quality of those books and of, um, for the Jewish mind, probably unclean to eat human beings. I don't think there's any command against cannibalism in the Bible, but, you know, don't do it. No one can come to me unless it's granted him by the Father. You want to find out what does God measure his grant on? What is he looking for? Because, you know there are a lot of religious people that have got it all wrong. Got the messages wrong, got the, uh, missed the point. Don't read the next paragraph. Somebody says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. See, we're supposed to be cannibals. Somehow we got to work this out. No, because it's the flesh has no avail, the spirit gives life. You guys are taking the wrong thing from this. Somebody brought up the other day about the passage uh, where it's in most of the Gospels where Peter cuts off the high priest's servants here when Christ is being arrested. And right before that, Jesus goes, hey, anybody got a sword? And they said, we got two. He says, it's enough. And he says, he says it to fulfill the prophecies. And then when Peter cuts off the high priest's servant's ear, he said, prophecy fulfilled, heals the guy's ear, because it was said in the prophecies that he would be taken with transgressors. But someone who picks that, just like picking up this thing on, unless you'd eat my flesh and drink my blood, let's go go to town on that. Let's build build the most beautiful building ever built on the basis of that and worship that idea. Some people, they want to buy some more guns and they want Jesus' approval on it. Buy more guns because you like guns. With the church's blessing. Not funding, church's blessing. 
But you don't need to say that verse because you're just misunderstanding it. Jesus had them have two swords because that was enough to create the image that he was with transgressors. Not because he wants the disciples to be armed for you know, the deposing of tyrants. What are we up to if we're not listening and hearing from God himself so that he would give us and bring us to Christ that we would learn from Christ accurately, we will learn from something else. And you don't want to, and, and there are Christian versions of all the something else's that occur in man. All of the basic lusts that occur in us, we have Christian versions of. Do you know the mind of the Father? Have you sought him? Have you learned from him? Is he ready to give you to the Christ? Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're grateful. Very grateful. In your son's name, amen.